and this is the story of my grandmother, said that in the east, when the sun rises and the sun leaves the contour of the earth, she becomes yellow. And now, because of the TV, we have now learned that there are actually yellow people on this earth. Isn't that amazing? It is. And then in the south, when sun shines highest upon us, she is always white. Now, because of the Belgium TV, we have learned there are actually white people on this earth. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? It is. I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then in the West, when the sun sets, she is always red. Mm -hmm. And that's the indigenous peoples on the earth. And I am one of them. Then at night, it's always black. Now we have learned there are actually black people on this earth. And then we have not learned to live together. Welcome to The Expedition, a podcast on leadership for a better world guided by nature. This podcast is hosted by me, Daan van Lit from Expedition Good Life. And as I'm recording this, I gotta be honest, I'm outside, listening to the birds, looking at the wind blowing through the trees and feeling the warm spring sun on my skin. This podcast is an invitation for you to go outside, to enjoy nature, to listen to this wonderful, wonderful conversation with Anangak, the uncle the elder from Greenland that speaks all over the world about, well, a better world guided by nature. Enjoy this podcast. Go outside and see what nature and this conversation will bring you. Maybe I can start with another question. Because okay. there's, a, there's, there's one question that we always ask at the beginning of this podcast. And that is... What is your meaningful place in nature? Do you have a certain place that you associate meaning with? I am a native person mm-hmm. and I grew up on the largest island on earth called Greenland. The land of the people, that's what it means. The, um, so nature is part of me. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a tiny village so so it was just normal. There's no other people around. And um, now that I became what I am, I traveled the world. And, um, and I just recently learned from Air Canada that I have flown more than 50 times around the world on Equatorial. Wow. So... I knew that I traveled, but I didn't know the distance I have traveled. So, so it's a, and it's really interesting because it, I was asked to travel by the elders, and I did. Yeah. But Mother Nature is really amazing. It's, it is very true. Mother Nature doesn't need us. Mm-hmm. She exists, but you and I, we cannot live without Mother Nature. And, it's, and you can see the confusion of the people, people who live in the cities. 
in big cities like New York, uh, Tokyo, or Sao Paulo, or Rio, or Copenhagen, or, or Brussels and Frankfurt, you know, people don't know the nature. They are born in the city and die in the city. And, and never had a chance to connect with that force we called Mother Nature. She exists, and it's there for us to have. Yeah. But unfortunately, in the world, the way it is, we are now seven and a half billion of us. We haven't understood the meaning of nature. But what is, if I may interrupt you, then what is the meaning of nature? It's for you to be healed. You know, you, you can see the that this is what I mean. We have become very confused. And and what and what should confused people then do? Go go out into nature? Is that is that going to heal us? Absolutely. Mm. The, and, and 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 look at the animals. There are so many. You know, in in our tradition, we call the animals the swimming ones. The crawling ones, the walking ones, and the flying ones. That's the level of animals. Four, four, four races. Of, and then there are so many species amongst them. They exist together. Some of them are hunters. Some of them are not. And, and they hunt the weak ones. They don't hunt the big ones. They hunt the weak ones. Because the big ones are the ones who would give the next DNA to the next generation. So they can be healthy. And we don't understand it as humans. And, and because the way we are, we have polluted the earth so bad mm -hmm. that we are literally physically destroying it. Why do we do that? I don't what? know. Why do we do that? Yeah, but why are we so confused? <laughs> Because we didn't go to the nature. Uh -huh. We didn't take the time to take a walk up in the mountains, up in the tundra, up on the big ice, in the forest, We didn't talk to the animals. And then after that comes the plant world, so many more species than the animals. Mm -hmm. And they coexist together. And can you, can you imagine my beautiful wife, who died two days ago, six months ago, the, we were, I was invited to give a talk at the United Nations Association of Hong Kong and Macau. Mm -hmm. So they flew me there and so I said, if I'm going to fly that far, I want my wife to come along. So we flew together to, to Hong Kong and Macau. And I told the organizers that if I'm going to travel this far, I want to be able to go into the China, the mainland. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, so I managed to get to Taiwan, Hong Kong, Macau, and then Guangdong, the big city. Yeah. So it's really, really interesting. There, there in, in, in the forest, uh, 
the plant world is so amazing. But then we came in Guangdong to a field driven by the by the people organized and then we saw this field of of um, beautiful plants there I can't remember the name of it the just just field of the same plant we seen it on posters and it looks so beautiful but then we got up we got out of the car and then my wife asked him to stop and and we got out the scent was so delicious oh but then after a little while we've been standing there for 10 15 minutes it became so monotonous mm -hmm. and like I was literally looking for something else but then you go to the Arctic and now our New Year is March 21 when the sun shines first time on, on North Pole. That's our New Year. Now the sun is coming back and, and um, it's getting warmer and warmer. And, and, uh, and very soon in late April, uh, the, as the snow goes away, the tiny, tiny plants will begin to open up and flowers will blossom. Millions and all kinds of plants, all kinds of colors. And then I remember that in China. I wanted to see that, yeah. not the monotonous same plant as far as the eyes can see in both directions. They were producing something for us. So that's, what, that's why they did it. But for the eye and for the spirit and for for the mentality, it really imbalances you. Mm -hmm. And and then because then you not at you not at the nature, you are, are something created by man. But when you go to out in the nature, when you go to the forest in in Belgium, you see the plants coming up now. Yeah. You see how different they are from each other. Different kinds of flowers, different kinds of blossoms, different kinds of colors. And then it feeds your spirit. It feeds your mind. It feeds your senses. It feeds your smellings. That's what the Mother Nature does. That's why she's so important for you and I. But I think also that requires of you of not you you in in person but that requires from us as people that we are also open to it and in our daily lives we can get caught up in sitting behind the computer working going to the office commute sit in the train travel i don't know that's so true dan that's so true but but remember the mother nature will not walk into us you and I had to walk out to her. That, that, that's the difference. It is me and you who have to make time for the sake of our own well-being and our own balance within ourselves to walk in the forest. 
it, it is, the force is not going to come into us. No. But you and I, we have to have the capacity inside us just to feel, just to smell, just to touch, just to taste Mother Nature. That's the difference. Yeah. I was lucky. The, the, on, on the island, it's a big island that we lived on, Gahat, and then once you go outside of the teepee in, this, in, the, in, this, in the summer, then the Mother Nature is right there. And that was our playground, but it was also our educator. Because his, my grandmother told us that we have to know the all the animals whom we're going to live on when we grow up. So we had to know when they were born. We had to know where they were born. We had to know what they eat, how they behave. So we were sent out to get educated on, on the Arctic hair. You know, I, I, I don't know in, in Belgium, but, but uh, in... In, in all over the world here, they, they're celebrating Easter very soon. And, and I, never, I never got into the religion of, of, of these people because I don't believe that the uh, rabbits lay eggs. <laughs> no. You know, so that I, can, I, can never, I can never be part of that belief because I've seen the rabbit being born mm-hmm. and they don't come like an egg. No. They come like a snowball. Yeah. You know, so so that's why I don't celebrate the Easter. I know it is sacred for many people, but the way they do it, they do it not in a good way. Mm-hmm. So millions of children are growing up believing that rabbits lay eggs. Yeah. And it which reminds me that I was no matter where I walk walk and work in the old days, when I had more time, I would ask organizers to send me to a school as my thank you to that I was in the town, in the city. I came to Philadelphia. I think it was Philadelphia. I went to a school and hundreds of kids in the gym. And then they wanted to know about the animals. So I start to tell them, and then I ask him, um, what kind of animals in you? You know, all these kids hang up. Oh, we, I have a cat, and I have a dog, and and then at one point, uh, I asked the kids, where does the chicken come from? <laughs> and it's so interesting. They had, the, the smaller ones were in front of me, the older ones behind, and, and, and the mom and dad on the side of the wall, you know, all standing. Mm-hmm. I had noticed a young child, young boy, every time I ask a question, his hands go up, he knows something. Yeah. So, so at the end, when I asked the question about where does the chicken come from? So I asked him, tell us. And his answer was, Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm laughing, but it's not funny, obviously. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. It, it is so sad, isn't it? That's why we laugh because it's so sad that yeah. modern people who grow up in a big city 
don't get educated on about themselves that there are four races amongst them they don't get educated on on the animal world they don't get educated on the plant world they don't get educated on the mineral world they don't educated get on the water and the ocean they don't do that they they got educated on how to read and write and count and that's it me too yeah and then it's just and then when he said that we can't talk about chicken that i can literally hear the laughter from all the kids but from the side of the building where mum and dad and all the chitches were they were blushing they were shaking their heads in shame in in a shock what they have done to the children they supposed to educate this is why mother nature is so important and you're going around the world spreading this message i said before we hit the record button i have been watching frantically a lot of your videos you're spreading a lot of the message that mother earth will will go on with or without us and it is up to us to decide what we will do with ourselves right and in this in this challenge of what we have to do a big question is for me on short term and long term so how do we perceive what we can do in the short term or what we can do in the long term because i believe your message is at least in this part of the world and the people that i work with it's it's people understand this message we need to do something climate change is real you know social injustice is still happening we need to create a better world but then we go about our days then what is right in front of us most of the time we choose for what is right in front of us so what is the what can we learn balancing this short and long term behavior we have to change them and we have to change you and i we have to change but how do we do that because we know that like rationally we know that but how do we i even for me i can feel it deep inside that sometimes even i choose for short term wins ruining mother nature in that way i know and it's you know in one of my many talks in in many cities uh, the i don't recall exactly where the uh, i asked again about what kind of animal do you know and then all these hands goes up wanting to say something the, there was a girl who was really keen and said oh I have cats. And I said, what kind? She didn't know. It was just a cat. Yeah. Cats. Yeah. And then another one because oh, we have dog. What kind of dog? They didn't know. Do you know how many species of cats there are? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know exactly, but a lot. <laughs> yeah. And how many species of dogs there are? 
Uh, it, it's really interesting how that those are the two animals in Europe, in the homes of the people. And nothing else is not an animal. It's just a cow. It's just a sheep. It's just a uh, pig. But those are the ones, uh, and then there's a chicken. Mm -hmm. Those are the main f food of the animal world we have. When there are so many other animals we could have, much healthier than the cow and the pig. Because now the cows are over-medicated yeah. and the pigs are over-medicated and then, and then our health is impacted by that. So we, we have so much to learn of, of the animal world. Remember, everything started with the, the, all the fire, you know, yeah. volcanics and then the earth was just a big fireball and then it settled down and then the mineral world just, just that the rocks were there, and then, then the water came, and the food for the minerals, food for the rocks was the mineral, the water, which created all the beautiful species of minerals, from black coal to rubies and diamonds, and everything else in between. Yeah. And then after that came the plant world. Then after that came the animal world. After that, we came. And we are interconnected to all these things which came before us. Yeah. But we lost it almost immediately. And then, now, we are sick. The, and in my country, it was the same thing. The, uh, when the white man came, they brought in nets. We never used nets for fishing and hunting. So when the nets came, for some of the hunters, it was, became so much easier to hunt the seal, mm -hmm. to catch them in the seal. So the animal fights for life and dies in fear. And the taste and the smell is so different. My father could never eat a seal which had drowned. But the enzyme of that fear becomes part of that seal. And seal should not have enzyme of that fear in her. For polar bear, the hunter of the seal, and I carry the seal claws, the, you can see them, yeah. the, the, uh, the one she hunts most, the bearded seal, that's why I have a beard on. <laughs> so, and the polar bear creates enzyme of fear in the animal, but that's the one which he lives on, not she lives on. Just like the big cats of Africa or Amazonia's big forest. They create that fear, that's the enzyme they live on. 
It's good for them, but it's not good for you and I. So, so the seal, drowned seal, you can smell, you can smell that the animal drowned. You can smell that animal fought to the end to live. So insan was created, which is not good for us. Yeah. And my father could never eat one. I, I don't like it myself. No, I can so, imagine. So, so that's what happened to us as humans. We became educated and advanced in a wrong way. Yeah. And, I, and I'm really seriously talking to you about how important it is to let the animal world live in peace so you and I, we can hunt them but get a permission for them. Dan, I am now going to be 75 this year and I am a hunter. Yeah. I have never in my life killed an animal I never spoke to first. I have never. I can say that I can say that without blinking. I can say it to, to your eyes and to your heart. I can do that to the great one. Why? Because I grew up talking to the animals. And what does it mean to talk to an animal? Are you literally talking to that animal? Literally. Mm -hmm. I, I always remember, I, I grew up on the, the pandemic of tuberculosis. In, in the 50s. Uh, so my father had tuberculosis and he was sent to Denmark for operation and, and recovery. So, so his children, my older brother, myself and my younger brother, we was divided out to family. And uh, in a tradition, the, the oldest one will have the first right to choose which one he wants. Mm -hmm. The oldest cousin of my father took my older brother. The oldest brother of my father took me. And I'm so privileged. He is still today, long after his passing, still people talk about him being the best dolphin hunter. And he really is. You know, in our tradition as native people, we never knock. How can you knock on a stone house? They cannot hear you. How can you knock on an igloo? They cannot hear you. How can you knock on a teepee? They cannot hear you. So therefore, in our tradition, we just open it and say, anybody home? Mm -hmm. And with nobody's home, then, you know, you carry on. Then you don't in. Or you go in and make yourself a cup of tea, and then you go out and say thank you. So, and the only way in those days, and I was really, I'm a really lucky man, that because I grew up in the very end of that ancient tradition of hunting. My, my uncle took me out on his little boat with a sap engine, Swedish sap engine. <laughs> and then he turned off the engine and then he knocked on the side of the boat and he tells me that his knocking on the side of the boat will travel through the water mm -hmm. and the dolphins will hear it. They can feel it. All the animals can feel it. 
and the couriers said they will come. And lo and behold, in the middle of the ocean, 30, 40 dolphins came. Arctic dolphins are about one meter long, black and white. Yeah. is the name. And then he started to talk about his great aunt. She's having a hard time to walk, and then, oh, his great uncle, he cannot see very well. And then, oh, yeah, there's somebody left. She died, or he died. And, oh, yeah, there was a new family member the others have not yet met. He was talking to the animals, and they were all looking and looking at us in silence. Sometimes you go down and you come back again. And then he says, you know, time has come for our ceremony because dolphin is our ceremonial food for spring, yeah. for, for the new year. And then he said, I need to take one of you. And then the animal disappear. Then they come up and they start to face themselves and they talk. And I don't know if you ever heard dolphins talking. It's very high-pitched tone yeah. and very fast. Sounds so incredible. And they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk. Then everybody disappears except for one. That, that, that's one of the most mysteriously spiritual experiences you can have. Realizing that the animals themselves decide who it should be as a gift for the human world to live. So that, that animal gave her life so we can live. So my uncle take up some salt water into his mouth, opened the mouth, and gave her her last drink. And my father did exactly the same. And the uncle that was named after his older brother does the same. Every seal, every dolphin they hunt, every caribou they hunt, every ptarmigan they catch, every arctic hare they catch, they say thank you. Yeah. I grew up in that very last end of that old tradition, but now my people are modern people. They have high-powered rifles and just shoot. Mm -hmm. and, and that old tradition in which we depended on stopped. Yeah. So, so I can now say that I am so incredibly grateful to the great one that I grew up in that world where it was still valid to talk to the animal, to get the permission. So as a hunter, the only one animal I have ever killed was a sandpiper. Because I was walking with a friend of mine, and we were teenagers, and there were girls, you know, really excited to see boys, and and, and, and they were going to be big hunters. And then I, I jumped down to the hole in the ice and, and took a rock, because I had seen sandpiper, just mm -hmm. close to them, to the girl. So I just and I killed the animal. 
After the girls left, I felt so sad inside myself. I said to my friend, his name is Chikili. I had to find her. So we went out and found her. And I apologized. I gave her water. I held her. I touched my heart with her. And I buried her. And that's the only animal in my life I have killed without talking and getting permission. That I can tell with consciously, awarely knowing that I'm telling the right story. I have so many questions lined up, but I was also thinking, and somebody gave me this question to ask to you, and I think it's a beautiful question. Maybe in this podcast, we should turn it around and I should ask you, what is the question actually that we should ask ourselves? Probably most of us should be asking, who am I? Who am I to me? Not to you. Not to my wife, not to my children, not to my grandchildren. Who am I actually? What, What am I standing for? Why have I been given that privilege to live on earth and travel more than 50 times around the globe, flying around the world in 75 countries? Who am I? And then... What, what is my task? Why did I get put onto this world? And I grew up with so many elders now. I was a runner for the elders, at around 50 of them. But now everyone has passed. Now I'm the oldest one. Why did God, the Almighty, the unknown essence, why did he make me so old that I'm the oldest one now? Yeah. Who am I for that? What am I for my children? I have four of them. Who am I for my grandchildren? I have six of them. I still have a brother. I still have three brothers and two sisters. We lost two of my brothers. So who am I to them? What am I to them? Why do I keep doing what I do in my work. What is my work? Yeah. Why do I do things the way I do? I used to ask my elders, and my great aunt, she was the last one to leave me. My last uncle, my father's younger brother died, and then his four, year, four years older aunt the, two years later she died just two weeks short of becoming 94 and, um, and, 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 I, and I would ask her what, what am I doing why, why am I here and then she gifted me the old old 
more than 5,000 year old sealed oil lamp. Wow. She found it in her family village, which is uh, about 50 kilometers away from where I grew up. Because she got married and she becomes the, uh, the grandmother in that village. She becomes the, the uh, matriarch of that village where her, her husband lives. And they were old houses where her husband's family, which is my family, had been living there for millennia, for thousands of years. And one of those houses which were right on the beach, because ocean is rising, as, as you know, the, the ocean has started to eat the house. She had been in that house as a child many times. But as the ocean becomes too close, people could not live there anymore. And then one day she came to visit that old house. And as she came down to the beach, there was something black on top of a rock. So she went down there and she picked it up. It was an ancient sealed oil lamp, cowed out of a rock. She found it and she had written her will and gave it to with that the museum should have it. Mm-hmm. But then when she became retired, she became the elder for the ice system. I asked her to come and join me. And, and she said, and I thought you never would ask me. I, she was so happy that I asked her. So, so in my travels, and where she was in the elders gathering, she told the people that my son will have this one. I changed my will, and and she gifted me a f- more than five thousand year old stone lamp. The only light we had. There was no candles. No. The only way of getting hot warmth in the house, and the only way you can cook your food with. So, so lamp is really, really important, yeah. essential in every house. And then uh, when she gave it to me, she said that, you know, my son, you are not rich. And I'm looking at her. I knew that I'm not rich, mm-hmm. but I didn't exactly understand what she meant. And she said, my son, you are wealthy. And I looked at her, I was really confused with that. First, I was not rich, then I was wealthy. And I are wealthy, yeah. And I said, said, explain to me. She said, you are the one who carry on with the teachings of our ancestors. So for that, I give you the lamp. And I go to tears remembering her say mm-hmm. that, that I was literally given more than 5,000 year old lamp yeah. for doing what I do. 
Do you still use that lamp? Oh, I haven't seen her for for three years because because of the pandemic. But I'm going to see her very soon. Yeah. And 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 um, so I realized that I do because that's what I was told to do to carry on these ancient traditions. Yeah. And and have I succeeded? I have no idea, but I love my work. <laughs> oh, I love my work. No, no, I, I so I'm a very extremely privileged person. Mm -hmm. There, I was in Siberia, and um, I came to visit a camp of of a summer camp of Ivania people. way out in the wilderness of Arctic Siberia. And I came, and then there was a beautiful fire going on. But as I got out of the vehicle, I see all the kids starting to run away. Hmm. So I came to the fire and I greeted the elders and then and I asked, what, what are they doing? And the old grandfather said, Oh, uncle, they're going to the mountain to cry out your name to tell the world that you are right home. Safe oh, wow. <laughs> I, 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 can you imagine? Yeah, it gives me goosebumps when you tell it. Yeah. The, the whole village, every child of that village was sent out running to the mountain to cry out Angangak's name who came from far distance, 12 hours time zone difference, mm -hmm. safely to the village. Yeah. So I told the grandfather, me too, I would go home, I would go up to the mountain and tell my family that I have arrived safely to the village. Yeah. So I did. And I followed the kids running up there and then I cried out. The first the kids cried out in their own language. Ivinia language. All I can see, all I can hear, uncle. You know, that's all I can understand in yeah. what they were saying. They, uh, some tried to say my name, but but differently. And then, um, and then I got a hug from every child. And then I cried out to tell my family that I arrived, I arrived safely to the village. So, and realizing that. 12 hours time zone difference, they do exactly the way we do, but we never met. <laughs> but we met each other millennia ago. We yeah. went on to become the Eskimos. They remained there in the Arctic Siberian tribes. They still do the same thing. Yeah. And still do the same thing. Also, what I hear in your answer is that the, the big question is, who am I? And I see you also still searching for that answer, but still be grateful with, with, the, things that, uh, with the things that we have, or you have, at least. Yeah. And I want to, this is maybe a bit, um, how do I phrase this question? I want to share a feeling with you. Mm -hmm. 
because while you are talking, actually since the beginning of this conversation, mm -hmm. I feel a form of sadness somewhere here in the top like of my chest. And I don't know if that's something that that is something that I'm feeling with you or what what is happening? Because of the situation we live under in the world, mm -hmm. how we have lost contact with each other, when we become aware how much we have lost, it saddens every one of us. Mm -hmm. I have experienced it thousands of times around the globe. The, I remember I was part of a cultural event of Kyrgyzstan, of all places. Beautiful, beautiful people, mountain people, just on the northern edge of the Himalayas. And uh, and then they took me to they took us to the mountains at the border of Kazakhstan, China, and Kyrgyzstan, the triangle about the lake, the the highest lake up in the mountains. Big, beautiful lake, and uh, and I look I look at them. They they were just like us. I mean, they look they look like me, like like an Eskimo, you know, and, and it's so beautiful. Except they have now a different religion there than we have. They, um, we adopted Christianity three hundred years ago, only in West Greenland, and just uh, a little while ago. In Kyrgyzstan, they accepted Muhammad, mm -hmm. and they, but the traditions are the same. Yeah. So when they came, the old grandfather says um, to the circle we were together around the fire, he said, "Uncle has arrived. Now we have to prepare his food." So, so he asked somebody to bring him. A sheep, and and then he holds the, the the horns, and then you know touching the animal, mm -hmm. and the old man was saying that thank you to the sheep. So, and then that that. that she willingly came to, to me, he said, something to, to that effect, and then, and then I said, now uncle needs to eat. And he put the knife right into the heart, and then, and hardly any blood came out, because it was just one single thing, mm -hmm. but he hung her up, and the blood came out to a bowl, and the skin didn't get infected by the blood at all. Mm -hmm. It was so similar to where I come from. Yeah. And, and, and within 
Less than an hour, the food was prepared, or you could smell it, and it was so delicious. And, and then mixing up with their traditions and their modern religion, balancing it, where you can see other places where there was no, nothing in balance. Yeah. In all the religions, nothing is balanced. But up in the mountains, it was so well balanced, mm -hmm. which I so much enjoyed. Because I have seen so many people not being in balance in their belief system, modern day belief system, to who they are. Yeah. And this is where most of the world has become that we don't honor each other. We don't greet each other. We don't accept each other, acknowledge each other, recognize each other. It's like we have become strangers of one another. How can we change that? If we, you know, my grandmother, you should have met her. Her name is Anna Kassan. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a child, about 10 years old, her family went up to the big mountain. And I, I will check you when you come to Greenland, I will check you to that mountain. Mm -hmm. And there, she said, she realized that there was only one sun and there was only one moon and there was only one earth. Now this is a, a, a girl who had never gone to school, who had never worn modern clothes like I do now. They're, they're, and um, all her clothes were depending on the animals she lives with. And it's just a girl, and it's quite a walk uh, to that big mountain. But I, and she, she says, when I looked, there was only one sun, and there was only one moon, and there was only one earth, and we all belonged there. We lost that simple understanding of the creation. Because after all, Belgium is part of this world. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, 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 and... and um, Australasia is the same part of this world. Hawaii is the same. Sao Paulo is the same. The, all the islands of Caribbean are the same. Yeah. At everywhere on earth, they're from the same earth. And yeah. we seem to have lost that understanding and we have not completely accepted that we're all the same. When are we going to do that? When should we do that? Yeah. Why, don't we, why, why don't we start?
you know, they should be quote coming. And that it's, it's going to be the most destructive war in the history of mankind. Yeah. Your grandparents were part of that big war of the Second World War. Yeah. And the memory still lives there. Yeah. Now, those people, old people of your grandparents' age are now wondering what will happen when the second, the third big war comes. Mm -hmm. it, 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 the machinery for war has become really, really advanced now. Yeah. One bullet will kill many people now. At the end of Second World War, people were killed more than one with one bullet. But now that bullet can kill many more today in 2022. So, and the bombs have become stronger. And the earth where the bombs will fall will be destroyed. And millions and millions of lives lost. Why do we do that? Why are we still in that same mentality like when the Greek people had wars, when the Egyptians had wars, when the Romans had wars, when Ottoman had wars, when the Chinese empires had wars. Mm -hmm. What made you and I stuck in that energy? I was uh, in South Africa and I had met Nelson Mandela. Wow. He came to the far north of Canada where I was because I'm an elder. I was welcoming him to our land and he came to, to meet us, the native people. And it's really interesting. We were sitting together arm in arm for an hour and a half and okay. talking. After the feast, we had, he wanted to try all the Eskimo food. So, commissioner got cooked all these different kinds of seal meats, whale meat, uh, the uh, caribou's, and you know, so he could taste it. So. And he told me, Uncle, don't be like us. <laughs> I, I, I was really, you know, I didn't quite understand what was coming to me. And, and I looked at him, tell me. But he, he, he knew much more than I thought he would know about, about the North. He knew that we have enormous minerals the world needs. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, our land is really rich. But that was before I came to his land. And we agreed to that they can take the riches of the earth on the condition that they pay us. Unfortunately, they never paid us. 
And he says, Uncle, my people are still inside the earth digging for those riches. And they have become the poorest of the poor. The people who took the minerals have become the richest of the rich people. Do not be like us. And I, you know, then I realized this is just me. This is Angang. You're looking at just me. Just I'm just a kid, mm-hmm. and a leader of the world, the most amazing leader of the world, of, of mankind. The kindest mankind leader who didn't kill people because his family was killed. He didn't attack them. He showed them from his spirit. And he tells me, don't be like us. And uncle, I know it's it's a big step to go from Nelson Mandela to our day-to-day lives, and yet I'm still going to try it. Maybe as a final question, um, imagine somebody's listening to this recording or watching the video, if we put the video online, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we did our hair, right? So we can, we can be on video <laughs> online. <laughs> but imagine somebody listening to this recording and sitting on the train on, on the way to work Right, because the people that listen to this podcast generally are consultants, managers in companies, in banks, in, in mm-hmm. insurance companies, whatever. And they are inspired just as much as I am by your stories, because there's so much learning to do from these stories. And yet they hop off the train and they think, yeah, uncle has a really great story to tell and I feel really inspired but wh- where do I start? What, what do I do first? Change. Mm-hmm. There are so many ways for you and I to change. Now, you don't have to go to China to get plastic surgery. No. You can change your looks. Mm-hmm. But that's not the kind of change you want. Changing is that thinking. Remember, our body consists of this body Mm -hmm. and then this mind, which is amazing to have. The eyes to see, the nose to smell, the mouth to taste, the ears to hear. But then we have the spirit. The home of your spirit is your heart. That's three things. It should be four. Then we realize from the old people that inside you is something called soul. And when you ask the old people, what's the responsibility of the soul? They say, no, it's not what the responsibility of the soul is. your responsibility to educate your soul and prepare to traveling into a journey to the Great One when this body dies. Your spirit will remain here. People will remember your beautiful smile. People will remember your stories. People will remember your beautiful laughter. 
People will remember the sound of your voice when you expressed your love to your family. That's the spirit. And my father wrote about it um, to, to all of us. He said, one day he was uh, walking up the hill and came over, and then down there at the valley he saw a graveyard. He wrote in his story. He said, I went down there, then I realized there was one grave already prepared. So he asked the great one, is this for me? And the great one answered, yes, it is for you. And then he realized that he had to look at himself. And he asked the great one, would my family remember the sound of my voice when I tell them how much I love them? Would they remember the smile I give them because I love them so much? Would you remember the sound of my laughter of joy? And then the great one answers back and said, How can you ever think that you will be forgotten? As long as the grass will grow on your grave, as long as the small birds will sing their songs on your grave, how can you ever imagine that you will be forgotten? You will not be forgotten. That's the gift you are to this world. That's who we are as humans. Yes, we lost those teachings. Now, today, we burn the body. And then um, ashes are thrown out wherever. The idea is that you and I, we are worth whatever we can give to the world in which we live. If I am supposed to be who I am, if I do not walk tall and powerful as I am meant to be, and walking with practical feet, who am I? Who am I? Yeah. If I cannot walk tall and powerful as I'm meant to be, and I don't know how to walk with practicality inside myself. My idea is that at the end of the day, and how often I go to my balcony at the full moon and chant Song of the Moon, how often I go out there to sing the song of the sun, coming at me to brighten up my wire in my life because my wife died just six months ago and, and I'm still impacted so badly that it is difficult to sing the song of the sun yeah. because after all it was 40 year marriage so I battled with myself still but as we had agreed Either one of us dies first, the other one has to live. And I, I'm now left alone. I don't have any elders to look back to and say, what should I do? There's nobody yeah. on me. Now I'm the oldest one, the whole family of my grandmother. And then, then I had to really stand tall. 
inside myself. And I really had to become strong again. And I really had to travel home. I keep saying to myself, I'm at home wherever I am, which is true. I am at home wherever I am. I just came from uh, as a guest speaker at the World Expo in Dubai. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? I come from a tiny village <laughs> and was invited to speak at the World Expo. Yeah. In Dubai, of all places. I've been there. Exactly. Yeah. You've been there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think, what did I do to deserve that kind of honor? Then I realized what my great aunt says. She says, my son, you're not rich, but you are wealthy. And so are you. So is everyone. So is everyone else. So is everyone else. We all are not rich, but we are wealthy. The wealth of mankind is not the money. The wealth is to be able to stand tall within yourself yeah. and be for you and the ones whom you loved and who loves you. <laughs> Have you ever seen these ones? Yeah. This is a drum. Yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen them. Yeah, in one of the videos, they're very... They're very big. Oh, <laughs> this is this is my chant for melting mm -hmm. the ice in your heart. Oh, oh,
then I'm so happy to meet you. Yeah, the feeling is the feeling is entirely mutual and <clears throat> and please please send my greetings to your family. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, tell them that uh, if for nothing else they have a new uncle. They do. Yeah. But then this uncle when I meet them they should be aware that they need to offer me a cup of coffee and good cake from Belgium. <laughs> yeah. They will, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I can only say thank you. Thank you so much, Anangak, for for being here. Um, this was a very touching conversation. This conversation is more like a two sides of the same coin thing. I feel so powerless when I hear all the things that we need to do in order to create a better world. And yet I feel hope and I feel energy to do this because it can be so simple. Because we can and will realize that we are all part of the same nature. We are nature and nature is us. We are all connected. If you feel this podcast is worth sharing, then please do so. Also, don't forget to leave a review and rate this podcast with as many stars as you like. I hope five. Until another episode, another walk in nature of the expedition. And until next time.